This is Jenny Smith, and you are listening to This Is Purdue. This is the first. And you are listening to This Is Purdue. This is Chris Foreman, and you're listening to This Is Purdue. Hi, I'm Kate Young, and you're listening to This Is Purdue, the official podcast for Purdue University. As a Purdue alum and Indiana native, I know firsthand about the family of students and professors who are in it together, persistently pursuing and relentlessly rethinking. Who are the next game changers, difference makers, ceiling breakers, innovators? Who are these boilermakers? Join me as we feature students, faculty, and alumni taking small steps toward their giant leaps and inspiring others to do the same. What a ride it's been for the Purdue men's basketball team this season. From losing star player Jaden Ivey to the NBA, to a rumored quote-unquote rebuilding year, to being ranked in the top five in the AP poll for 13 weeks straight, it's been quite the journey. And who better to discuss this historic season with than the people who have stood by this team all along? In this episode of This is Purdue, we're talking to several guests who know these players better than anyone, their parents. Jenny Smith, freshman starting guard Braden Smith's mom, and Gary and Lotus First, sophomore starting forward Caleb First's parents, joined us for this special kickoff to March Madness episode. Our podcast team had the opportunity to talk to Jenny, Gary, and Lotus right inside Mackey Arena before the Ohio State home game on Sunday, February 19th, where the Boilermakers celebrated an 82-55 win against the Buckeyes. These three parents are so incredibly kind, gracious, and supportive of not only their sons, but the entire Boilermaker community. You can tell this family within this Purdue basketball community means so much to them. You'll hear these three discuss when they first really noticed their son's basketball talent. They kick off to this 2022-2023 season at the Phil Knight Legacy Basketball Tournament in Portland, where, if you don't remember, Purdue was unranked and beat Duke to win this tourney. And of course, Coach Matt Painter's leadership and what it means to them. Plus, Jenny admits Purdue wasn't actually her first choice for Braden. You'll hear more about that interesting story. And it wouldn't be a good interview if we didn't ask about Caleb's time starring as Buddy the Elf to encourage fans to bring non-perishable food items to a game to promote a food drive in December 2022. This team has persistence. They have grit and they have spirit, but they're also just downright fun to watch. As we celebrate this historic team and their achievements this season, we hope you enjoy this interview with the parents of the consecutive Mr. Basketballs for the state of Indiana. Welcome to This is Purdue. We have very special guests here today. If you don't mind just all introducing yourselves. My name is Jenny Smith. I'm the mother of Braden Smith. My name is Lotus First. I'm the mother of Caleb First. And I'm Gary First, Caleb's dad. Awesome. Okay, so we'll take it way back, kick things off with how did your sons both start their basketball journeys? So Braden started playing basketball in second grade and it just has kind of evolved over the years. I wouldn't say that it was a glamorous start by any stretch, but certainly as he got older, enjoyed the game more and more. His dad and I both really hoped that he would love basketball as we loved it. I don't know that it was instant love for him, but he certainly grew into it and he just has been playing ever since. Caleb also started in second grade. We were actually, he was playing flag football when a basketball coach in Fort Wayne noticed him and noticed his height because he was at that time 
substantially taller than all the other kids and actually approached us and wanted him to play with his travel team. And we were kind of like, well, we responded, we're a baseball family. <laughs> we did. We had no desire for that, but it just kind of went from there. Really bad when he started, like really bad. <laughs> so what was the moment when you both were like, oh, wow, he's really caught on to something here? That took a few years. At first, I remember going to tournaments and stuff and they would yell, make him dribble. <laughs> because he was just tall. That was all he had going for him. Probably maybe about fifth grade, he started to get a little better. And then by seventh grade, he was doing pretty well. What about Brayden? When was that moment for you? You know, I think initially his dad and I could see that he had really great court awareness early on. It was just his lack of strength and size that concerned us maybe more than anything else. So he, like I said, struggled early to have success because of those things. But I would say again, much like Caleb, probably by sixth grade-ish, he'd really kind of started to set himself apart. He got quick enough that the size wasn't as big of a factor. So by sixth grade, I think it was pretty clear that he had a gift of sorts. We weren't sure like how that would truly come to fruition. So fast forward to college, when did you all know and when did your sons know, I want to play basketball in college? So I'll take this on behalf of Caleb. Probably about the seventh or eighth grade is when he really thought that he would have the ability to play at the next level. And just to kind of dovetail on what Lotus said, probably one of the best things, he had size, but he started getting skill. And I just remember his AAU coach and high school coach had indicated the good thing about him is he was teachable because he didn't have a lot of skill necessarily growing up and he would just soak it up and be a sponge and and that really helped him kind of move to the next level so what about for Braden? I would definitely say by middle school he had decided that it was his love probably much like Caleb Braden played football and baseball as a younger kid and you know I think as you start to play the game of basketball, you kind of have to commit to it almost year round now. Right. So we, he had to make some decisions, you know, do I want to keep playing travel baseball? Do I want to do football in the fall and have all of those workouts? Or do I just want to kind of start committing myself to this? And I think he made that decision and we really didn't look back from that point on. So he, he stopped the baseball, stopped the football and, you know, here we are. Okay. So Purdue, was it always your son's dreams to come play here? What was that decision making process like? So we're both from Michigan, but he grew up in the state of Indiana. So we never really pointed him towards any particular school. Purdue was Caleb's first offer and Painter came and watched him a lot. I would say I noticed him kind of gravitating towards Purdue when we come here on visits. And he just like had a different look on his face yeah. when he would be here and watch open gym or sit in Mackey especially and watch the games. There was just more of a look like, like I really like this place. You know, I think for Braden, it was really different. He didn't have that kind of interest early on. And so Purdue happened very fast. It was, I'm gonna call it a short courtship. And it was very hard for our family. This was not my choice for him. It was all about fit for me. Right. My husband and I both played in college. And so we understood the value of it being the right fit more than the biggest offer, sure. if you will. And I had no idea how Braden's game would transfer at this level. Mm -hmm. And so for me, I loved Belmont. We had a great relationship with Coach Alexander. That staff is phenomenal and they recruited him for a long time. So for us, for me, like it was personal. Like even whenever Braden committed to Purdue, I mean, obviously I was proud for him and happy for him. But when we called 
like Belmont to say we're not coming, like I got emotional, I cried because yeah. I felt like that was probably the best fit. But obviously now that we're here and we're in the system and in the program and the more we've gotten to know the coaching staff, I could pick a better place. You know, Not to say that you know he couldn't have done well other places, but it certainly has been a good fit. Everything happens for a reason. For sure. Where did you and your husband play? We played at Arkansas Tech, so I'm from Arkansas. Okay. I guess I'm a transplant here, so, I, you know. <laughs> and then did you two go to any Big Ten schools in Michigan? No. No? Okay, so no rivalries going None. on. None. Okay. None at all. You got your Purdue gear on. We're all good. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, we are very much Purdue family <laughs> okay. now. It, That's like, wonderful. We actually didn't even... Like, we had, had nobody we supported because of where we went. So, yeah. like, this is our school now. Wonderful. We love to hear that. Do you all have any pregame rituals? Maybe it's carried over from high school? I don't, but Lotus really loves shoes. And so she's very tactical about the shoes she wears for games. <laughs> okay. And I'm probably going to get elbowed here for saying that. But it's true. Okay, so we've got this gold and black pair. Uh -huh. Do you have a couple others? <laughs> I have a few, and let's just say I have a gold pair that was my favorite, and I thought they were my lucky shoes. You will not see those again because I wore those to the IU game and Maryland. Oh, okay. So they're they're okay. done for okay. the year. Maybe in the tournament bring them back? Nope, 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 nope. Okay. nope. next all right. year. We'll try again next year. <laughs> what about you all? We don't have any either, and I actually have just, I, I enjoy Lotus's shoe thing too, and so I made sure today when we were coming across, I looked at her shoes first thing, and I'm like, I'm glad we don't have on the other shoes. So <laughs> Now I'm scared because I have gold sparkly shoes. So how do you support your sons? It's like the rigorous Purdue academics, friends, family, playing basketball like on this elite stage. How do you guys help support them? We're very faith-based, so I would say through prayer. I mean, we pray for him a lot and tell him that we're praying for him a lot and just tell him that his main focus should just be playing for an audience of one and honoring the Lord. So... I just try to encourage Caleb. The last thing I think he probably needs, well, I know it's the last thing he needs, is another basketball coach. Right. So if anything, I just try to encourage him and just, like Lotus said, just remind him that basketball is what he does, but that's not who he is. And that doesn't mean he shouldn't play any harder. In fact, it should add purpose to everything he does and that he should do it with excellence and grit and resilient. And the thing that I think I probably tried to instill in him more than anything is just to persevere and just to play with uh, joy. He gets to play a game that less than 1% of high school kids will ever get to play at this level. So don't take anything for granted and just keep your eye on the things that matter most. That's awesome. What about you all for Braden? More than anything else, I think we just tell him to stay in the moment, just to be present always. It's like they've said to piggyback off that these kids are so fortunate and what a blessing right through the good and the bad like i always remind Braden, there's thousands and thousands of kids even on these bad days that would kill to be in, the, in your shoes don't ever forget that and you know we encourage him just to stay off social media yep. the people that you need to be concerned about are the people that are surrounding you and so just drown out the noise and just again stay present it's hard right and i i ask a lot of questions you know we've gotten to know lotus really well actually I feel like I ask a lot not just where to eat before games at places but you know like what about this for the boys what sure. about that just because as a mom you know we I do feel disconnected I you know right. I'm not needed like I once was and so that's a big adjustment so you know I kind of lean on her some just because she's really one of the only upperclassmen parents I've gotten to know so I seek advice also there so it's been nice to watch these two and watch how they handle Caleb and we try to mimic some of that also I think you know they do a great job with him he's a great kid 
Yeah, it's like a basketball community. Yeah, it, it, it's been great for us. What is a favorite memory so far from this season? Well, I guess I'd have to say Portland. How do you not say oh. Portland? <laughs> Absolutely. No one expected anything from our team. Nothing. I mean, they didn't expect us to go out there and sweep it. And it was just unreal. That was an unreal experience. Yeah. I mean, from a basketball world, like to experience what we got to experience. And for us being rookies, like that's the first experience we had here. I'm like, this is awesome. <laughs> so, yeah, it was great on a lot of levels for the boys just from being able to be around the families and really getting to meet them for the first time for us. Right. That was awesome. Um, so th that maybe this year has been the most memorable thing, but I'm sure we're going to make a lot more memories. So along those lines, you know, it's been a historic season. We've been ranked number one. You kind of said we were the underdogs going into this. How has that felt as you support your sons, as you have this basketball community within all the parents? The whole thing's been special. I remember it was probably sometime in December, you know, when we first got ranked number one and I was talking to Caleb on the phone and he was just talking to me about like how, what a special year it's already been. And just how when they graduate and they move on and the ball stops bouncing in life, they're gonna remember this team and just what they have accomplished. What's it like going to these away games versus being in Mackey. <laughs> being the rookie parent here, right? Having no idea what to expect. Again, Lotus and Gary are like, hey, just brace yourself for some moments along the way. I'll say this, now that we've been many places, Mackey is special in a lot of ways and Mackey is very loud. And you know, I think like in your questions that you sent, you know, you put the infamous Mackie and maybe it's infamous because it's loud, but what I think makes it unique and special is our fans truly are here to support our kids. And what I'm seeing at other places, I feel like sometimes the student sections or the fans are there more to just root against us versus for their team. Um, and so I feel like it truly is a special place. Like, I don't know that I hear fans, do they yell at the other team? Yes. Are they heckling them to some degree? Of course they are. That's what they're supposed to do. But I never feel like it's ugly or personal. Nasty. Yeah. Yep. And I feel like where we've been on the road, I feel like it's nasty. And so it's been a weird takeaway for me. I don't go on the road near as much as Lotus does, just in terms of our kind of life situation. But I would agree with what Jenny had to say. It, it uh, is personal at times. But I think what happens at Mackey is really a testament to the leadership and Coach Painter kind of setting the right thing. He'll never talk down or bad about any other team. Every team has just NBA talent on them at one way or the other, and they're all just top-notch coaches. So he respects and reveres everyone, and I think that's a good example Coach Paint has set for really the Big Ten as a whole. Speaking on Coach Painter, you know, you said you were a little bit hesitant for Braden to come yeah. here. What has Coach Painter's leadership meant to you all as a family? So, you know, I think as a parent, you're sending your kid away to be with someone who you know they're going to spend an enormous amount of time with, right? So right. you want them to be instilling great things into your kid. And obviously this has been short so far, but what we've experienced is honesty, transparency, accountability, and me coming from a coaching world and being around sports our whole lives, those are the things that you hope your kid finds. And I think he pours into those kids. He really does believe in them. If you watch Paint's, his press conferences post-game, when we're asked about shooting slumps or we're asked about turnovers or, or we're asked about just poor decisions, my son specifically, made down the stretch, Paint never falters in his belief in the kids right. and how he pours into them in that way. And that's not lost on our kids at all. You know, I think that when your coach has that level of confidence in you, how can you not believe in yourself? Right. So 
from that regard, it's been really special. And the assistant's do an awesome job too. Speaking of Coach Painter, if you haven't checked out our This Is Purdue interview with him, head over to purdue.edu slash podcast and be sure to listen or watch. It's safe to say Coach Painter is a one-of-a-kind college basketball coach. There's been plenty of features written on him and his success this season, including a story by The Athletic titled, Is the Beautiful Mind of Purdue's Matt Painter What College Basketball Needs? Coach also won his 400th game in January 2023. But what does Coach Painter's leadership mean to his players? And what does it in turn mean to their families? For Caleb's dad, Gary, Coach Painter's steadfast mentorship brought up some emotions. See, Caleb's high school basketball coach, Mark Davidson, was close to Coach Painter and ultimately encouraged Caleb's path to go on to play for Purdue. Coach Davidson led Blackhawk Christian boys basketball team from 2014 through 2022 and is the program's all-time winningest coach. During his time as coach, the team won the Class 1A state title in 2019 and the Class 2A state title in 2021. Sadly, Coach Davidson was diagnosed with cancer and lost his battle in May 2022. You'll hear Gary's emotion as he discusses Coach Davidson and Coach Painter's relationship with Caleb and what it continues to mean to the first family. Two years of Coach Painter and his team for you all. What does that leadership mean to you? Just like what Jenny said, he's been very consistent throughout the entire recruiting process. What we saw is what we got. He was very honest that everything is gonna be earned. And after a while, just through my recruiting process, everybody started to sound the same because they would often tell you what you wanted to hear. And I think the thing that was really instrumental in Caleb's recruitment was not only did he get to know Coach Paint and some of the assistants, and we had a kind of a revolving door of assistants because he's really great at boomeranging talent. Well, hopefully boomerang and maybe they'll come back to him. (laughs) But he learned a lot from the guys. He would walk away from here and there was a theme of consistency amongst all the guys that he got to know that who Coach Paint says he is, is really who he is. I'm confident that Caleb will take this relationship to the next level. For us personally too, our Caleb's high school coach, Coach Mark Davidson, knew Coach Payne. Um, sorry, got a little emotional. Tell us about his high school relationship with his coach. <laughs> so uh, Painter and Mark knew each other because they played overseas in some sort of tournament one summer together. Mark was just a huge influence on Caleb. Um, he's passed away last year but just really not even in the game of basketball, like between the lines, but just how to live as a man off the court and just really huge in kind of directing his recruitment. There was coaches he steered us towards and coaches he may have steered us a little bit away from because he played at Illinois. So this was not a new thing to him, the whole recruitment thing. And then just going back to what you had asked about Coach Painter, I will say a lot of people have asked me after Caleb's here at Purdue about if what we heard during recruitment actually held true. like. Right did we get what we thought we were getting? And I have told everybody, we have gotten exactly what we were told. Like Painter never made any promises and was always upfront and direct. And everything that he said has been what it has been. We appreciate Gary and Lotus opening up to us about Mark Davidson, who was a deeply beloved coach who impacted so many people in his community. I asked this group if there were any traditions or spots where they like to celebrate team wins. And their answer is more about the who and less about the where. I would just say wherever the parents are, where the Purdue parents are, 
we're really thankful. When I look back on it, just some of the parents that invested us, uh, the Stevanoviches kind of showed us the way largely, and there were a number of other parents as well, but just wherever the parents are. I want to touch on that too. You know, I can tell that parent community means a lot to you all as parents of these players. What would you say this Boilermaker spirit and community, whether it's in Mackey or in Portland or at Michigan State or at IU, you know, what does that mean to you all when you're watching that and experiencing that firsthand? I think this team in particular has each other's backs. They're there to support each other. They're there to push each other up. There's a brotherhood there. There's a sense of family. That's through thick and thin. And there's been a lot of peak moments that we've talked about, but there's been valley moments too. And uh, you don't have peaks without valleys is one of the things I often say. And it's just great to see the guys have each other's backs and just continue to encourage each other. Because it's just a matter of time before you're in a ditch and then maybe you're going to be on a valley. But I think they get it. They truly care about each other. They play for a bigger purpose. I think our, our stats show it's an unselfish team overall too, which is great to see. Yeah. And I will say, because I do go on more of the road trips, it's really neat how many Purdue fans show up at various locations and how loud they are. <laughs> I mean, there have been some moments where they've been extremely loud. I would say, obviously, the parents on that front, it's a part of the experience for us too. You know, how special it is that the parents do enjoy each other and do want to be around one another and we're all in this together. And to piggyback off what Gary said, there's no doubt that the chemistry that this team has is unique. And especially at this level, you know, everyone is special, everyone has gifts, everyone is uber talented. And that's a testament to Paint too, for him to be able to put together this group of boys where it meshes and it works and they all are out there playing for one another. I think it makes it so much more enjoyable for the boys and for the parents. So it has been unique in that regard for sure. Brayden was Westfield High School's all-time leader in points and assists and the first Division I recruit in their boys' basketball history. I also found out through this interview that Jenny works for Westfield High School as the assistant athletic director and was also their girls' basketball head coach for seven seasons. In 2022, Jenny was chosen as a Bob King Coach of the Year, and she was voted HCC Coach of the Year twice. She was also the 1997 Miss Basketball in Arkansas, by the way. So clearly basketball is an all-in-the-family sport for the Smiths. Anyways, Braden recently had his basketball jersey number retired at Westfield High School. I asked Jenny what it meant to her family to celebrate Braden within their Westfield community. Braden recently had his number retired at Westfield High School. You told me earlier you work at Westfield. I do. What did that mean to you all as a family? So I don't know if you know about Westfield. Um, Westfield boys basketball has not always been the pinnacle of basketball. So they'd never won a sectional title ever. I never had an Indiana All-Star. So I've been at Westfield for 14 years. I was the girls coach and I'm an athletic director there. So sports is kind of just what we do. It's yeah. all day. We smell like the school, I always say. <laughs> that is our house smell. <laughs> um, so to watch our community and our school support not just Braden, but those boys in the way that they did was special. And, you know, I think there are a lot of people who win sectionals all the time. And not to say that it doesn't mean anything or that it's not as special. But when you do something for the very first time that has not been done before in a place, I think, you know, that says something about you, what you've done and the people that are around you. And so it was a really great group of kids, much like this team here. They all liked each other. They cared about each other. There were no individuals and they just did something really special. And so when Shane, the coach, decided that was something that he wanted to do, I initially said that I felt like it was excessive, you know, that it wasn't necessary. 
but you know he just shared you know Jenny this Braden has set a standard for kids here now so you know our hope is that there are many more Indiana All-Stars to come many more Mr. Basketballs I know I've got an 11 year old that don't worry guys I mean he's gonna break every record Braden ever had because he's already better than Braden just asking of course so better come um, to Purdue, though. <laughs> yeah so it's been really fun to watch just the community and the little kids and just what it has done for them and the excitement that is now around boys basketball so for nothing else other than just raising the excitement level like it truly has been special and like I said at the beginning of this episode, we can't talk to Caleb's parents without mentioning his stint as Buddy the Elf in December 2022. To raise awareness for Food Finders of Lafayette, Caleb starred in a series of elf-themed commercials, featuring none other than Coach Painter himself and Purdue Athletics Director Mike Babinski. Here's a quick taste in case you missed it. Purdue basketball, what's your favorite color? Purdue basketball, Coach Painter speaking. Good morning, Mr. Babinski. Oh, Babinski. That's fun to say. Babinski. 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 Head over to the Boilerball YouTube channel to watch all of these in action. Caleb's parents share more on what they thought about this unique marketing activation. We have to talk about Buddy the Elf. <laughs> that got national media attention. It was so fun. All the Purdue fans, all the Purdue fans were so into it. How was it experiencing that through your guys' eyes? Well, first of all, Purdue Creative did a phenomenal job with that. They, sure. they were amazing. It was just fun. I mean, every week, like having them drip those out and just looking forward to, oh, what is the next one going to be? Because Caleb would not tell us. He would not share with oh, us. Okay. So you got um, to see it as everyone else Oh, yeah. Did. Okay. We had no idea what the scenes were going to be. So that was super fun. And I made sure to get a couple posters. I framed them. They're coming out <laughs> every Christmas. I'm going to give one to him when he gets married someday for his wife to put out every, I mean, he will never live it down. And he would tell me that like, as he was walking across campus, he would have people yelling, buddy, buddy. So it was fun. I think it was just really like Lotus said, Purdue creative did a great job of just putting him in a, I guess I should stop talking, right? Uh, just in a great role that he could excel at. For me as a dad, it was just good for kids to get to see him not on the basketball court right. and he wasn't so wrapped up or too separated not to just have fun that really is who Caleb is he's a pretty fun loving kid so I'm glad that the world so to speak got to see that side of Caleb yeah he looks like he was having fun which was what made it fun right. oh and by the way the best part is Purdue collected more than 14,000 pounds of non-perishable canned goods thanks to Caleb's special Buddy the Elf campaign my last question for Jenny, Lotus, and Gary was surrounding the behind-the-scenes day-to-day life of being a parent of a Purdue men's basketball player. What's it like come game day? For all of our listeners, people watching on YouTube, what's a typical day in the life? You know, we're here before the Ohio State game. What's it like to be the mom of a player game day? It's exciting. It's fun. You know, we look forward to game day. I love getting up, getting up here. You know, we try to come early if we can, grab a, grab a bite to eat somewhere and walk over. Obviously, I'd be lying if I said I wasn't nervous. There's always going to be that level of, gosh, I just hope he does well. You know, I think sometimes people forget they are just kids. Yeah. And when they don't do well and they fail, I mean, they're failing on national television. So, like, you hope so much that they just do well and that they perform well. 
But more than anything else, it's just exciting. And again, just like we tell Braden, like I try to stay present too. Like I want to soak it all up. I don't want to miss a moment of it. That's awesome. I would just agree with everything Jenny said. Like he said, you know, less than 1%. Well, as parents, we're also getting that like yeah. blessing of like, wow, this is really special. I mean, our kid is getting to do his dream and we get to be along for the ride yeah. and very present. So we try not to miss anything. I mean, sometimes when I wake up in the morning, you know, I'm tired. I think it was like last week I woke up and I was tired, but I was like, oh, it's game day. <laughs> you know, that just adds like a level of excitement. Absolutely. Any tournament predictions? We just found out we're a one seed. Are we not trying to jinx it? Go ahead, Gary. You take the mic, bud. <laughs> I just think we need to continue to play one game at a time. Just focus upon the next team, the next opponent, and don't go beyond that next game because that will ultimately define any success we have. One game, one day at a time. That's what Painter would tell the boys. I'm sure what he's telling the boys. And that's what Caleb, if I have said anything about it to him, he will direct me towards that, that one game at a time, mom. That's good advice. Yeah, couldn't agree more. We, it is one day at a time. Anything else you want to share with our listeners about the Boilermaker community, this team, Coach Painter? As a parent, I do appreciate our fans. I do appreciate the support that they show the boys. You know, obviously they do it because they love just Purdue in general, I'm sure. It's special to be able to be a part of it, and I'm thankful that we get to be along for this journey also. I agree, 100%. I mean, it's just, it's a special team, it's a special place, and Mackey is super special. Absolutely. Well, we can't thank you enough for your time. Enjoy the game. All right. Thank you. <laughs> thank you. One game at a time. Let's all listen to Gary first on this one, fans, okay? We really got a behind-the-scenes look into the Purdue men's basketball team during that interview, and after we talked to those three, we had the opportunity to chat with the man behind the tweets, press releases, stats, and more. Chris Foreman is the Associate Strategic Communications Director for the Purdue men's basketball team and the Purdue men's golf team. And this year marks his 10th season with the Boilermakers. Chris and his team have grown the official Purdue men's basketball social media accounts at Boilerball, if you don't follow them already, immensely over the past decade. In fact, they were recently listed as part of the top 12 college basketball programs generating the most social media interactions in the country, beating our rival down in southern Indiana too, by the way. And in January 2023, they were listed as number five in the NCAA's men's basketball programs generating the most interactions on official team social accounts, beating out programs like Alabama, Michigan State, and Tennessee with 1.1 million interactions. So what's it like leading the communications efforts for an elite top-ranked basketball program? Here's some more insight from Chris on what it's like to be a sports information director. Chris Foreman, thank you for joining us on This is Purdue. We're so happy to have you. You're welcome. Thanks for having me. You know, we're in Mackey. It's game day. What is it like to be a communications director for a top-ranked basketball program? Obviously, you know, it's a lot of fun. You know, we've had a great year and just going through this process with them, has really opened my eyes about what it takes and how busy you are. I've told people, you know, it's awesome being 23 and four and ranked number one in the country and all the success we've had. And it sure beats being five and 17 and not having this success. So just the attention that this team has gotten has been something that I haven't really been used to. It's definitely made my organization skills, you know, a lot more uh, demanding and more difficult, but you know, it's just been awesome. This ride that we've been on just with this entire team and this university and this fan base has been something that I'll remember for a long time. Walk us through a day in your life on game day. When are you up? What are you doing? Do you have any rituals? 
Game day is, um, you know, it's not really that challenging until about two hours before the game. We're approaching you know, that. Yeah, about <laughs> about seven o'clock, seven o'clock game. So I'll get in about nine a.m. Just make sure I've got everything in line, credentials, getting all that handled, all the handouts that we do. We do game notes, flip cards, all that stuff. Just make sure we're all prepared for that. You know, we'll have shoot around about five and a half hours before the game, where the TV announcers usually come in, and I just sit with them and talk with them about tonight's game. And then, you know, after that, we have a pregame meal and I kind of relax for a couple hours. Either I get a workout in or I just sit in the team lounge watching basketball or doing whatever. So then about five o'clock for a seven o'clock game, I'll get out here and talk to the media and do that. And we'll watch the game. And then afterwards, I'm probably here for about two hours after the game. So I'll get home about 11, 1130 for a seven o'clock game. It's actually the days before that are more busy because okay. you're sitting there preparing for for the game and we do the thing called game notes. They're about 35 pages of notes that we send to the media. And I'm doing that a lot. That's probably takes up most of my time, but we're arranging interviews. We're doing all that. So it's just really very time consuming from about October to March, April to August, September. It's not as consuming, but it, it definitely, uh, you know, it wears you down a little bit. What do you have to do after the game? Are you looking at all the stats? Are you posting on social media? Kind of walk us through that. Yeah, we're doing uh, the stats. We're updating the website. I've got a couple student helpers that really help me do a lot of that. We'll do the post-game press conference. And then it's just kind of preparing social media for the next few days, especially after a win. And then we'll, um, you know, just updating the website, doing stuff like that. So it's just a lot of busy work. Yeah. But it's not really that difficult. It's just taking the time to get it done. You've been here over a decade, right? This is my 10th season okay. right here. So talk to us about, you know, there back in the old days, there wouldn't be sellout games, right? right. Yep. Yeah. Now we've sold out Mackey how many times? Through the end of the year, it'll be 57 straight, which okay. is the fourth longest streak in the country, which oh, is really wow. cool. So. so what does that mean to you? It's pretty crazy to think about because my first year here, we finished last in the Big Ten. I came from the Naval Academy where basketball wasn't really much of a priority. And we finished last in the conference for like two straight years when I was there. And I got here and I was like, man, is it me? You know, <laughs> like I was like, I must be bad luck or something. But, you know, Coach Painter found the guys that he wanted to recruit. And it started kind of with Dakota Mathias and Vince Edwards and PJ Thompson and those guys. And ever since then, like we've taken off. So he's really found the culture that fits his personality and that will, you know, help him succeed. You know, just coming here the last 10 years, it's just been unbelievable. You know, it's coming here to a full arena every game. It's something that you shouldn't take for granted. Yeah. And playing games in Mackey is just a special event every time you're here. Why do you think Mackey is so special? Um, I just think it, well, one, if we're talking like loudness and, and yeah. all that, it's just the way it's built. It's a cylinder. It's perfect circle. There's a metal roof. So the sound just stays in here and vibrates. And then you have the paint crew on both ends. So the sound just goes to the middle of the floor all the time. So I think that's what makes it special. But besides that, it's just, you know, the fans make it what it is. It's so special seeing it sold out every game and just, you know, the basketball knowledge that they have and the passion that they have for this university and the basketball team is, um, you know, something you don't really see everywhere. There's probably only a handful of schools where it's like this. So Again, it's something you just shouldn't take for granted every time you come in here. What's it like going to these away games? What's the most challenging thing for you and the players? I mean, we've seen it the last few games, uh, <laughs> obviously. Just, you know, dealing with their crowd. Mm -hmm. um, we go to some really amazing venues. 
Um, Indiana's obviously, you know, when we go down there, pretty loud and rocking. Maryland the other night was probably as loud as I've ever heard that place. And Northwestern the other day was really good. So, you know, just trying to control your emotions and play your game there, it's hard to do when when you have 15,000 people yelling at you and saying nasty things to you. So just trying to stay focused. You know, I like going on road trips because I got to know a lot of the media there. And, you know, we just have a good good relationships with a lot of people. I have really good relationships with the other SIDs in the league. Yeah. You know, I don't mind going on road trips. It actually helps me relax a little bit because I get stuff done. And then the day of the game, I can just lay around and not do a whole lot. So (laughs) you're not the one hosting. No, I'm not the one hosting. So I can actually take a nap here and there. And so it's, (laughs) it's not bad, but you know, going on road games, it's just, you kind of picture it as, you know, your team, your 15 guys against 15,000 and to win a road game and seeing people leave for the exits early and having them quiet is, is really a really good feeling. You talked about coach painter earlier. What does it meant to you to work for him? His leadership, his coaching style. He's incredible. Yeah, he's the best. The thing I love about coach painter is that he empowers other people to do their jobs. He doesn't get in their way. So about five years ago, he's made his coaches, assistant coaches, kind of his coordinators. Um, He has an offensive coordinator, defense coordinator. And he said, like, I hire these coaches. Why don't I trust them to do the things they're supposed to do? That kind of translates to everybody on the staff. You know, he just, he stays out of the way and he stays out of the way of me. I get a ton of interview requests for him and he trusts me to, well, this one's not really worth it. This one is one you need to do. That kind of thing. Same with social media. He has really no say in anything that we do. So in that aspect, he's great to work for. He's so easy. And then he's just a great person. He's one of the funniest guys I've ever met. When you just get him off the court and talking to him, he's absolutely hilarious. He's an encyclopedia about everything. (laughs) I mean, music, rap music, basketball, base. He's a huge Cubs baseball fan. So he knows everything about baseball, you know, so he's just, he's a lot of fun to talk to and just be around. Okay. So 10 years with this Boilermaker team, what's a favorite memory? One that really sticks out to you? Oh man. Or two or three. That, yeah, <laughs> narrowing it down to one would be really tough. Obviously, the 2017, when we beat Indiana here for the Big Ten Championship, was pretty special. Um, I had never been part of a championship program before that. So, you know, in a sold-out crowd, it was hot in here because it was about 70 degrees outside. And, <laughs> I mean, I'll just never forget the electricity in this building for that game and the ability to, like, cut down the net after the game and, and all the stuff that came with that was Something that I'll remember for a long time and probably like the NCAA tournament trips going to the Sweet 16 is yeah. really memorable. The 2019 down in Louisville yes. was, was the best. I know the the result in the Elite Eight wasn't what we had hoped for, but, you know, just seeing about 17,000 Purdue fans in Louisville and and the energy in that building and the game that was played was was unbelievable. It was unbelievable to be a part of. We all obviously wish it turned out differently, but you know, when you look back at it and you have people saying it's the greatest March Madness Elite Eight game in NCAA history, you're like, you know, it's pretty cool to be a part of that. So, you know, hopefully we'll create better memories, you know, down the road this year, next year, whenever it may be. But, you know, I've always said I've wanted to work for a Final Four and that's like been a career goal. Yeah. Work for a team that makes a career Final Four. Hopefully that's the year and, you know, hopefully that can replace the other memories that we have. What do you think, you know, going into this season... We were kind of the underdogs. No one expected much. And now here we are. I kept telling people, you know, I was hoping we could 
make the NCAA tournament, five, six, seven seed, you know, just kind of bridge the gap because, you know, we were a young team this year. We had, well, everyone can be back next year if we, except David Jenkins, if we wanted him back. So, you know, I was hoping we could like, this is kind of a bridge year to yeah. get to the next year when I thought, you know, this could be an unbelievable season next year. And then just the start that we had going out to Portland and, and beating West Virginia and Gonzaga and Duke. And you're like, oh, you know, like this is real now. Yeah. You know, we're a pretty good team. And, you know, the the way Zach has developed and from last year to this year, he's a national player of the year, in my opinion. You know, Fletcher and Braden coming in and the way they've played, it's it's been really, really surprising, I think, for a lot of people. Now, we've stumbled a bit here, you know, on the road, which is hard to win in the road in the Big Ten. But you know, getting these guys, you know, the experience that they've had. And I think, I think a Final Four is definitely a possibility this year. It depends a lot on matchups, but, you know, just coming in the way that we've surprised teams this year has been real. Those are the years that you love. Right. When not a whole lot's expected of you, and then you turn around and hopefully win a Big Ten championship and go far. Like, those are the years you really enjoy. I want to talk to you about marketing and communications. Okay. You've grown the boiler ball channels immensely yep. you've been named one of the top 12 social media schools to follow within yep. their basketball program how did you do it first of all and like what does that mean to you when you talk about your career and career highlights yeah a lot of it is a lot of it comes from winning honestly you know teams are people love to follow winners and interact with winners so all the impressions and and engagement that you get you know winning definitely helps that but we have a great team. You know, we have unbelievable video and photo and yeah. graphics people and Purdue Creative. So, you know, just their role in doing that has really helped. When I first got here, it was pretty much me. And we'd <laughs> be able to grab some photos here and there. We didn't have a huge graphics department, really no video department. Right. So that area has just taken off. You know, what they've done, we've kind of given them the power to just do whatever they want to do. I have some ideas. I'm trying to not have as many ideas because this year's just been really busy in other aspects. So I've just told them like, hey, if you guys want to do something, go for it. Yeah. And I tell them, I just hit the buttons. I just push tweet or, you know, post on Instagram. That's all I do. So they're the ones providing the content. We all have ideas. So it's just been a really good team to work with. And, you know, they're very talented and, and I'm really looking forward to what we're going to produce in the next month here or so. So you trust your team and kind of lean on them too. Yeah, like, I mean, again, it's kind of what Coach Painter says, like we hire these guys, let them do their jobs. They know a whole lot more about it than I do. So I don't know the technical stuff. I know what's good and what's bad, but, you know, they do too. So they know what will work. And that's kind of a lot of what social media is, is just finding what works and, and rolling with it. So we've done a really good job with that, I think, and have really gotten to the emotion that fans love to see. Do you have a favorite promotion or story that you've really ran with throughout yeah, the I mean, past? Obviously, the, the Elf one we did with Caleb yeah. first was really awesome. That was the kind of the creative genius of Scott Roth and marketing. He kind of came up with that and pitched it to all his marketing people and Chris Pelliadon and his crew. And yeah. so we started that plan and then we got into the video aspect of it and it just kind of took off. I didn't really think it would be that successful. And <laughs> it clearly was. We got over, I think, a million views on social media platforms with it, just from all the other people that picked it up and stuff. So that was pretty good. It was for a good cause. So I really like to see that. We've done that before with the food finders, with food drives, yeah. with movie posters and stuff. So never did this level. That was a really good one. The other one I really liked in 2017 when we 
were pushing for Caleb Swanigan for player of the year yeah. stuff. We did about a 20 minute personal video on him. We created a website. We did all this stuff for him. And that was a really good team effort that really got his story out there and showed who he was. Just doing that for him was something that I'll, you know, we take great pride in. So you've been here 10 years. You've been immersed in this Purdue community. What is this Boilermaker spirit, this athletics family that you have here? What does that mean to you? Oh, it's unbelievable. Just the passion and the loyalty that people have. We don't get a whole lot of bandwagon fans, which if we got them, we'd accept them with open arms. (laughs) You know, obviously we want more fans, but Purdue fans don't leave you. You know, they grow up as Purdue fans and they'll be Purdue fans until they're 90 years old, probably. So that's what's great about it. You know, you hear stories about, oh, you know, my grandfather had tickets and he passed them down to my parents yeah. and now he's passed them down to me, you know, and all that. And it's it's just such a good community. I think the community loves Purdue, Lafayette and West Lafayette. So, you know, just the passion and loyalty that everyone has towards Purdue is, you know, something that we should be very proud of. You know, this is my second job in 20 years. I was at the Naval Academy for 10 years. And then here for 10 years, you know, so you get to be part of that family. And it's just great to be part of. Anything else you want to tell our listeners, faithful basketball fans out there? I mean, just thank them all for everything they've done for all their support. You know, stick with us because I think right now we're entering the prime of Purdue basketball. You know, you look at what we have this year and what's coming down the road and and who's coming and who we're recruiting and all that. I think we're going to start becoming one of the elite teams in college basketball. And I can't wait for that ride. I agree. Thank you so much, Chris. You're welcome, Kate. Thank you. What a fun episode to celebrate our Boilermakers as we head into March Madness. We so appreciate the chance to interview Jenny, Gary, Lotus, and Chris right on the court inside Mackey Arena and catch the Boilermakers win against Ohio State afterwards. If you want to watch our full video interviews with Jenny, Lotus, Gary, and Chris, head over to our new podcast YouTube page, youtube.com slash at sign this is purdue and remember follow us on your favorite podcast platform to never miss an episode this is purdue is hosted and written by me kate young our podcast video lead is ted schellenberger in collaboration with john garcia thad boone and hamza syed at this special shoot in mackie we had assistance from Teresa walker sophie ritz pablo villa and lexi ely our social media marketing is led by ashley schroyer our lead podcast photographer is john underwood Our podcast design is led by Caitlin Freeville. Our podcast team project manager is Emily Jessilitis. Our podcast YouTube promotion is managed by Megan Hoskins and Kirsten Borse. And our podcast research is led by our This Is Purdue intern, Sophie Ritz. For listening to This Is Purdue. For more information on this episode, visit our website at purdue.edu slash podcast. There you can head over to your favorite podcast app to subscribe and leave us a review. And as always, boiler up. <laughs>